Hi everybody, today we have another episode of the series Investing in 25, the series that I started when I turned 25 last year. In this series, we're just going to be talking to different startup founders, industry experts about their journeys, the mindset shifts that they've had from their 20s to the 30s, and of course beyond. Uh, but let's start to dive straight into a new journey today. Today we have Sana Khalib from Minerva. And uh, Sana was, has been a very active member of the startup ecosystem in Pakistan. I, you have an amazing journey and uh, you've been a mentor to young people in Pakistan, especially with the program that you've built uh, for Minerva. So I would love to hear more about that from you. So the journey has been too long now. I don't know how to sort of sum it up. Into, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, but it's been almost uh, 14 years and I, since I've been working. 11 of those years have been with Minerva. Um, and some some part of it the past couple of years, three and a half years to be precise, I was also working at the Hives. Uh, Minerva is a leadership development, uh, personal branding and recruitment firm. We basically look after the people business, whatever falls under it. So whether it's talent placement, whether it's leadership development, uh, whether it's skill building, whether it's mentorship, um, coaching, whatever the case might be, we do all of that. Um, we have a, a very significant focus throughout these years has been on building talent. So the program that you mentioned, uh, it started initially as a volunteer program. So, mm -hmm. you know, because we started as something very different from what we are today. And we would be running these programs that were not meant for um, profits. They were just sort of social uh, programs. So we started with, with a volunteer program and then we realized that, you know, all these kids that are coming to us, they could use a lot of skill development. Um, so we converted it into something which was similar to a, an internship program, but more of like a lot of training. So they would learn on the job. We had a panel, a panel of mentors and trainers who would come for workshops. There was a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. There was a lot of guidance. Um, networking opportunities, connecting them to people, so on and so forth. And so, so far around, I think at least 300 people have graduated from that program and they're all yeah, doing definitely. amazing stuff. And I, I keep telling those guys, like I keep stalking you guys and I'm like <laughs> on the sidelines yeah. cheering whenever they do something amazing. So how about an idea that you started building or how did this even start? It's, um, it was really an accident. Like a pleasant accident maybe but <laughs> the happy uh, accidents chartered accountancy while you're also doing job is extremely uh difficult because audit firms are are tough places to be at least they were back like late hours early mornings a lot of work and and i enjoyed it but after like doing it for three years i realized that i wanted a break and just sort of complete my uh, chartered accountancy, my, give my exams and then get back to a job because doing both together was getting very exhausting. So I came back on a sabbatical and I took a one year leave. So I came back to Pakistan and I think within the first 10 days or 14 days, something like that, I could see that there were all these, my friends were graduating, but they couldn't find jobs. And I was like, it's, no, it's that stage, you know, where <laughs> either you have friends having kids or they're getting married. <laughs> and, uh, or you know they're getting jobs so it's always those phases yeah. and, and I could see that so many people were struggling with jobs and I was like maybe we need a space where we could talk more about it like there, there are a lot of people who are getting degrees but they're not really learning anything and they don't have the skills that that are required for the market within 10 days or 14 days of my sabbatical I had rented out this place Mm -hmm. uh, and now when I think about it, it was extremely stupid. So I do not recommend this to anybody. Please think it through. 
and you know there was a lot of naivety it started out more as a tuition center but with the objective of you know actual learning and not just getting a good grade obviously that marketing didn't work when we said you know we're not talking about grades we're saying you're going to learn parents yeah. were like and maybe they weren't wrong because yeah. technically jobs were based on what what your cgpa was or and you know your college applications were based on what your results at in ona levels so i guess they weren't wrong there but i was i wasn't prepared for that kind of response and i was i didn't know that because i lived a very independent life mm-hmm. i always thought that this would be the student's decision i didn't realize that it was not their decision it was their parents decision to decide where they went for tuition right and so that failed miserably but because i had to pay the rent and the salaries and all of that um we had to pivot and we started doing these workshops so we started doing creative workshops we were like okay if we can't do something around education maybe we can do something around extracurricular activities with the same intention right so we did anything and everything that could help us sort of survive which <laughs> included like we gave out minerva ki space for dholkis and like wow. birthday parties oh and like <laughs> i never um, knew that <laughs> some of my interns they still recall whenever there was this birthday party and we said okay we'll do the decor for you guys um so they did a lot of events because of that like it was good it was good fun we continuously just had to pivot and learn and like it was a lot of stupidity i can't even begin to explain how naive i was so when i look at kids now doing their businesses and startups mm-hmm. like i was really dumb when i started but but if you were to start okay. minerva now like how different would that be i probably might not because now i know better <laughs> you know like i know <laughs> but what are the skills that you think kids uh, were focusing mostly on in minerva because i'm assuming like even if it's the dolkies or the birthday parties right yeah. um event management is a skill and it yeah. comes with networking uh, how are you handling other people's requests how are you prioritizing and then delivering and then executing and then also you know analyzing what you did is actually right or wrong like at least like a five step process and uh, throughout those steps you actually learn a lot about yourself about other people about the process as well yeah. so even managing a dolki i feel like <laughs> you know teaching you a lot it really does yeah. uh, but yeah. in terms of skill building i would really want to hear more about you know what you think uh like how has that shifted or pivoted if it has yeah. throughout these years it it definitely has shifted but i think something that i learned very early on or i realized very early on was that you know technical skills we focus too much on technical skills right and um technical skills can be learned on the job they're easy you'll you'll figure them out there were always a lot of opportunities to learn technical skills mm-hmm. but our focus from the very beginning was on things that because when i was hiring for minerva i was looking at what people like people couldn't explain what they did uh, or why they were there or introduce themselves have a conversation with each other or you know there were all of those challenges or or write an email i mean yep. it was just basic things what subject do you write when you send out an email our focus was always on soft skill building our focus was always on exploration so when people came to minerva 
um, we tried, even if they chose a department, first, initially, we didn't ask them to choose a department. But if they did choose a department, we made sure that they still got to do other things. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's very unfair that we're sort of forced into choosing a specialization at an age when we haven't tried anything. How can I know what I want to specialize in if I haven't tried other things? Mm -hmm. It was a lot of soft skill development. How do you communicate with people? How do you have difficult conversations? How do you deal with how do you stand up for yourself um without being offensive um you know all of those and how can you become more visible and this was that entire skill building took us to the personal branding uh, Mm -hmm. product yeah where we realized that everything that we were technically teaching people was helping them become more visible for the right Mm -hmm. reasons um and so that's also how we got into personal branding and helping people develop their personal brands um But yes, it's definitely shifted. It's shifted in a lot of different ways. I think one thing that hasn't changed and one skill or maybe not skill, but attitude that I think everybody still needs and needs more of is that of exploration Um, and sort of being open to learning new things and, you know, uh, sort of relearning, unlearning, being open to accepting different opinions, like all of these things, emotional intelligence, now we have a word, but you know, just knowing how to communicate with people, I think this entire shift that we've had to remote, I feel like we're really missing out. Like one thing I, that I tell a lot of the younger people who who come to me, I, I my general advice generally is to not try and not uh, opt for a remote job. If it's possible for you to go and have you know, that physical experience, because there was so much people learned on the job by looking at other people, by communicating with them, um, which which I feel like they're just missing out on simply because they're working in at home. They don't have that conversation because it's another meeting. It becomes another meeting. It becomes another Zoom call, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but what so are yeah, the main skills that people in their yeah. 20s should be focusing on? People yeah. coming out of colleges and universities don't really know where to start looking for a job. Again, like you said, uh, yeah. sending an email is like a tedious task because you haven't done it before yeah. apart from emailing your professors. And that too is just sending assignments, you know, back and forth. Yeah. It's not even a proper email conversation that you yeah. have. So talking to external stakeholders, you know, is very different yeah. at a workplace than what you've experienced in a university or a high school. Yeah. So what do you think are the main skills that people should be focusing on in their 20s? I think if we if we club it all, one, one for sure is patience. I think we're always in a rush. We make every, like the most important decisions of our life, like specialization, our first job, first internship, these are extremely important decisions. And we make them in a rush because we feel like we have a timeline to follow, right? Um, so one, I think patience. Mm-hmm. um two I think having um sort of owning or taking responsibility which I I feel is a skill because I feel like it's a muscle that you have to sort of build yeah. in yourself mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. taking ownership of the mistakes that you make and being okay with those mistakes we we can't get a job because the job market is such we can't we didn't do well because the teacher was such but I think if you get into that kind of mindset, you sort of lose control over what you can do for yourself. So I feel like, you know, having that, knowing that, okay, yes, there could be things that are unfair. There could be other Mm -hmm. people that have more privilege, but at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself and nobody else is going to come and save you, right? Uh, Being open to learning. I think people 
now i guess there is more open to exploration if we yeah. maybe went back 5 years or 10 years mm-hmm. um if you've chosen a degree you have to have it right like you have to go through that entire uh thing you can't drop it in between and i think again that's very unfair so i think being open to ex- exploration um if if people can learn to empathize if they can learn to understand other people if they can be more open about understanding people rather than reacting to what people are saying or i feel like if if you if you can learn the people component yeah i think so much can be solved like so many problems can be solved like people have issues with their bosses or the the people right. that they're leading or their employers or mm-hmm. their interviewer i think if we can just communicate effectively a lot of those problems can be solved but then in terms of communication right um it's a very big top how would someone even start building a communication skill set like would it come from networking and if it does come from networking then how does someone even start networking or finding like minded people hmm. i think now it's so easy hmm. um i mean imagine like if i if if i was to imagine going back like 12 years or 14 years or 20 years yep when social media was not this popular or maybe didn't exist imagine what networking was like then right you actually had to go <laughs> and yeah. speak to somebody um which i can understand is very awkward right it has always been awkward for me as well and it's something that i have gotten comfortable over time after a lot of practice because i just always had to be in that position where i had to speak to people and reach out and so on so i think um one networking now has become really easy if you have somebody on your linkedin or your facebook profile you see them so often and they see you so often mm-hmm. like if you're just commenting or liking their pictures or liking their posts or commenting once in a while or something like that you're visible to them to the extent that it's almost like you know each other right so the next time you randomly come across somebody at an event it'll be like oh i know this person yeah and it's so much easier to just have that conversation because you both feel like yeah we know each other a little bit so it's okay to say hello it's not like i'm just randomly um yeah. going and saying hello to somebody right wow. so i feel like networking is very very easy mm-hmm. now access to people is extremely easy now you can reach out to anybody in the world as mm-hmm. long as there on linkedin or facebook and the chances are you'll you'll hear back how do you build better communication ek to obviously you've already mentioned that the communication skills are is not one skill mm-hmm. there are multiple skills that make your communication effective so listening skills right mm-hmm. speaking skills understanding people's emotions so emotional intelligence and so on and so forth um i think there's no way to learn networking or communication than to actually do it so putting yourself in that situation i remember even to date actually i get extremely nervous and anxious if i have to go and start talk on stage putting yourself in that situation mm-hmm. consciously and to i think also um like i think the most uncomfortable part of any conversation when it comes to networking is introducing yourself because most hey. of the time oh my god yes yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. most of the times we're not confident about who we are or what we do so we start off with you know my name is sana and then by the end of the sentence i feel like i just want to 
bury myself um, mm-hmm. and not complete that sentence because you feel like maybe I'm just saying things that the other person's not interested in. So I think a little bit of practice actually does help because usually we don't practice our introductions, right? We're like, yeah. we, we have to talk about ourselves. Why do we need practice? But I think it does help to know what you want to focus on when you're talking to somebody, when you're introducing yourself, what do you want to talk about? Um, maybe you can just talk about, you know, if you're just graduating, you can just talk about you're just sort of mm-hmm. in the middle of your last year or whatever, you're about to graduate and you're looking for these jobs and you're exploring at this point. I mean, it's a starting point. If you are confident, the more confident about you are about your introduction, the chances are the more interested the person listening to you will be. If you're not confident and you're like all over the place, the other mm-hmm. person's also thinking, you know, how do I take this forward? And yeah. you start to so I think a lot of practice just saying things over and over again also makes you comfortable about them right like they just become mad considering that you've also recently started uh, I think a podcast about how you know about your life in your 30s I would love to know how have your goals shifted or uh, how have you changed as a person from your 20s to your 30s uh, later oh. we'll not we'll probably catch up again. <laughs> <laughs> for now this is like the decade that I'm talking about I think my entire life has been an experiment and I've enjoyed every bit of that experiment I love that mm-hmm. um and one thing that I'm very grateful for is that even after 14 years of working I'm still as curious as I was I'm still as open to experimenting mm-hmm. as I was so many years ago right uh, of course, there's now there's more fear because again, like I said, I know everything that can go wrong or most yeah. of what can go wrong. You know, as far as goals are concerned, I think I have my my goals have shifted so much because I wanted to do so much mm-hmm. and I could never just stick to just one thing. And I think that's why Minerva sort of stuck around because I was not answerable to anybody to sort of stick with one program it has it it has its downsides Mm -hmm. not sticking to one thing has its downsides for sure sure. (laughs) um because then you can't build something big right you can do a lot of small things but Mm um I think now this is um and it's funny because you mentioned the podcast as well. My first episode was about lack of clarity and sort of not feeling fulfilled and not knowing what I wanted to do and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And almost a week after that podcast, in fact, while I was recording that podcast and then listening to it, mm-hmm. I think I've never had more clarity in my life. Wow. And I was talking to one of my, um, in fact, ex-interns. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, it's very funny because I can no longer relate to that podcast. What was I talking about? <laughs> right? What yes. not? And I now have that clarity and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I think um, throughout my life, I, I knew that I wanted to do something big and I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to do lots of different things. And I didn't want to stick to any one thing. Mm-hmm. Um but what those things were kept changing throughout. Back then, it always felt like, you know, I was just doing these random things that didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, I know that the one thing that that still connected all those experiences was my, you know, how much I enjoy working with people yeah. and helping them. Too many times we've thought about 
you know, me, my friends, my, my husband, who we're all at the, almost the same stages in our careers. Mm-hmm. And we kept thinking about, you know, we, we set a goal, we achieve it, but then there's always another goal. And mm-hmm. like, it feels like a constant. And it's true for a lot of us, like the people. And again, this is something that I tell all the, the young minions that come to me. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you feel like you look at people and you feel like their lives are sorted. Yes. But I know a lot of my friends are extremely successful. You would look at them and you would think like, you know, if if I wanted like an ideal situation in my mm-hmm. life, what that ideal situation would be, this is it, right? Yeah. But I know them personally and I know that they're equally insecure, mm-hmm. equally anxious, equally yeah. unsure of what they want to do next in life, equally... Mm-hmm sort of um, sort of they feel like they haven't done enough and again that podcast came from all those conversations that I had had with people where we were saying the same thing Mm -hmm. and we couldn't figure that if this wasn't success if achieving every goal wasn't success then what was so I think my life has been an experiment Mm -hmm. I've shifted what I wanted to do when I wanted to do how I wanted to do all the time I think now for the very first time like I said I feel like I've I know what I want to do next and Mm -hmm. that feels enough like that no I don't want to know what's going to be the you know the Mm -hmm. next after that I'm okay with doing what whatever I've decided for myself Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know why that shift has happened but I think it's just that I was spending a lot of time just thinking about it just sort of introspecting and I do that almost twice a year because twice a year I have a an existential crisis just like a lot of other people but this time it feels like I mm-hmm. I think I'm okay I'm doing fine uh, what should people in their 20s invest their time in experiences and what should they invest their money in experiences <laughs> can I invest their energy in I think just lots of different experiences that, yeah, that would be that's very true no but thank <laughs> you so much for this I really enjoyed having this conversation thanks Sanya it was it was lovely talking to you Well, that was it for this episode. Stay tuned for more episodes on our Spotify, Investing at 25. You can also reach out to us on LinkedIn as well as YouTube. Let me know if you want me to cover something else or any topics or comments that you have. I would love to hear your feedback. Bye.